Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza Christina, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for TikTok and Instagram, The Gratitude Chick 2, that's T-O-O, for Facebook, and join my Facebook group, The Magic of Gratitude. Start your gratitude journey today with 21 Days of Thankfulness, available now on Amazon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. It has been some time. I know, I know, I know, I know. I have been so focused on this mindset journey that everything has just kind of fallen (laughs) to the back burner. But I am trying my best to get a better schedule with, you know, getting back on here and recording. So um, I am trying my best to have the mindset and these book episodes at least, at least once a week. That is what I'm trying my best. You know, everybody cross your fingers. Okay, so we are still reading the book of Enoch and we are starting here at today at chapter number 23. So first one, verse one. From there, I went to another place towards the west. And I am sorry, I can't give you a a synopsis or a summary of episode two because I don't remember episode two. It's been like a month. So please forgive me. Um, Wait, let's see. What I wrote in the book of Enoch, Enoch episode two, it says, in this episode, we are reading the book of Enoch. We are learning of Enoch's conversation with God and the holy angels. Plus, we read about Enoch's travel through Earth and what the angels are showing him. So that is what episode two was about. Okay. Sorry. This is why I got to keep recording because I forget what I record. Okay. So we're going to start again. Chapter 23, verse 1. From where I went to another place towards the west until the extremities of the Earth, where I beheld a fire blazing and running along without secession, which intermitted its course neither by day nor by night, but continued always the same. So basically he's saying he found a fire blazing, running along without ceasing. It never stopped. It always burned, always the same. It didn't change wind or anything like that. Verse three, I inquired saying, what is this which never ceases? Then Ragiel, one of the holy angels who are with me, answered and said, This blazing fire which you behold running towards the west is that of all the luminaries of heaven. So let's figure out, let's try to remind ourselves what the luminaries were. Okay, so as a reminder, the luminaries are described as the sun and the moon and the stars. Okay, so we just wanted to remind ourselves. So... As he said, he said, this blazing fire, which you behold running towards the west, is that of all the luminaries of heaven. I went from there to another place and saw a mountain of fire flashing both by day and night. I proceeded towards it and perceived seven splendid mountains, which were all different from each other. So me growing up, 
a lot of people believed in their theory, you know, and Christianity was that the flood brought the mountains. But as we can see here with Enoch, he says he went to another place and saw a mountain of fire flashing both by day and by night. And I proceeded toward it and perceived seven splendid mountains, which were all different from each other. Their stones were brilliant and beautiful. All were brilliant and splendid to behold and beautiful was their surface. Three mountains were towards the east and strengthened by being placed one upon another and three were towards the south strengthened in a similar manner. There were likewise deep valleys which did not approach each other and the seventh mountain was in the midst of them. In length, they all resembled the seat of a throne and odiferous trees surrounded them. Okay, so... I guess growing up, you know, some of the people did believe that the mountains came as a result of the flood. But I feel like this is kind of describing maybe um, a mimicry of what possibly the throne of heaven looks like. Maybe. I don't know. Just my thought. Okay, we're in chapter 24 now. Among these, there was a tree of an unceasing smell, nor of those which were in Eden was there one of all the fragrant trees which smelt like this. Its leaf, its flower, and its bark never withered, and its fruit was beautiful. Its fruit resembled the cluster of the palm. I exclaimed, Behold, this tree is goodly in aspect, pleasing in its leaf, and the sight of its fruit is delightful to the eye. Then Michael, one of the holy and glorious angels who were with me, and one who presided over them, answered and said, Enoch, why do you inquire respecting the odor of this tree? Why are you inquisitive to know it? Then I, Enoch, replied to him and said, Concerning everything I am desirous of instruction, but particularly concerning this tree. He answered me, saying, That mountain which you behold, the extent of which... Uh, excuse me, the extent of whose head resembles the seat of the Lord, see, I was right, will be the seat on which shall sit the holy and great Lord of glory, the everlasting King, when he shall come and descend to visit the earth with goodness. And that tree of an agreeable smell, not one of the carnal odor, there shall be no power to touch until the period of the great judgment, when all shall be punished and consumed forever. Yeesh. This shall be bestowed on the righteous and humble. The fruit of the tree shall be given to the elect, for towards the north shall be planted in the holy place, towards the habitation of the everlasting king. Then shall they greatly rejoice and exult in the holy one. The sweet odor shall enter into their bones, and they shall live a long life on the earth as your forefathers have lived. Neither in their days shall sorrow, distress, trouble, and punishment afflict them. Now, I think it's very um, interesting that he said that the sweet odor shall enter their bones and they shall live a long life on the earth as your forefathers have lived. Now, his forefathers are Adam, I think Methuselah is his son, but Adam and Seth and you know all he's from Adam's line I should say so 
Adam lived to be a 916 years old and Methuselah lived to be 960 years old. So is he saying that we will live this old or because I always thought it was eternal life. Like you, you're never, there's never going to be any more death. You, you understand Christians, you, you know what I mean? Or is, am I looking at this too literal? It may be too literal. Okay, let's keep reading. And I bless the Lord of glory, the everlasting King, because he has prepared this tree for the saints, formed it, and declared that he would give it to them. Chapter 25. From there I proceeded to the middle of the earth and beheld a happy and fertile spot, which contained branches continually sprouting from the trees which were planted in it. There I saw a holy mountain, and underneath it water on the eastern side, which flowed towards the south. I saw also on the east another mountain as high as that, and between them there were deep but not wide valleys. Water ran towards the mountain to the west of this, and underneath there was likewise another mountain. I can't picture this in my head. Because I feel like the way that they're describing it was mountain stacked on mountain. And I feel like that's not... Sorry, that was telling me to stop and do my gratitude stuff. So I'm going to just continue. Wait, I think I was making a point. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. I feel like there's just no way it could be mountain stacked on mountains like that. I feel that maybe they were staggered like really close together. Not necessarily um, horizontal, but vertical. I could be wrong, but you know, I told you guys in an, in another episode that I am a very visual reader, so it's not really coming together in my mind what it is he's describing. But we're gonna keep going. Um, verse three: There was a valley, but a, but not a wide one below it, and in the midst. I'm sorry if you guys hear that. It's people out there doing the yard. And in the midst of them were other deep and dry valleys towards the extremity of the three. All these valleys, which were deep but not wide, consisted of a strong rock with a tree which was planted in them. And I wondered at the rock and at the valleys, being extremely surprised. Chapter 26. Then I said, what means this blessed land? all these lofty trees and the cursed valley between them. Then Uriel, one of the holy angels who are with me, replied, This valley is the accursed of the accursed forever. Here shall be collected all who utter with their mouths unbecoming language against God and speak harsh things of his glory. Yikes! Here shall they be collected. Here shall be their territory. In the latter days, an example of judgment shall be made of them in righteousness before the saints, while those who have received mercy shall forever all their days bless God, the everlasting King. And at the period of judgment shall they bless him for his mercy. As he has distributed it to them, then I bless God, addressing myself to him, and make him mention as was meet of his greatness. Chapter 27. From there... I proceeded towards the east to the middle of the mountain in the desert, the level surface only of which I perceived. It was full of trees of the seed alluded to, and water leaped down upon it. Now, he said he was in the desert, and this desert was full of trees and water. 
that's deep, right? Is that because that's not the desert we see today? Our deserts are sand. Why is there such a difference? Anyway, verse two: It was full of trees of the sea alluded to, and water leaped down from it upon it. Rather, there appeared appeared a cataract composed as of many cataracts, both towards the west and towards the east. Upon one side were trees, upon the other, water and dew. Chapter 28. Then I went to another place from the desert. Again, how was that a desert? I don't, I don't understand. Towards the east of the mountain, which I had approached. There I beheld choice trees, particularly those which produce the sweet-smelling opiate, frankincense, and myrrh, and trees unlike to each other. Choice trees literally trees of judgment and over it above them was the elevation of the eastern mountain of no great distance i'm going to be honest with you uh, i am not understanding anything that i'm reading here so i'm skipping around because a lot of this is talking about the land and the trees and i think it's significant but i don't know what the significant is significance is so i just i'm not understanding any of that and it's not because it's not a part of the Bible, it's not pointing me anywhere to kind of gain any understanding. So I skipped around and I'm going to start here and I may just skip around where we're on uh, chapter 31, verse 37. It says that, um, <clears throat> and when I was advanced far beyond it, I passed along above, above the angel Zatiel and arrived at the garden of righteousness. In this garden I beheld, among other trees, some which were numerous and large, and which flourished there. Erythrean, the Erythrean Sea, or the Red Sea, okay? And this is why I'm reading this. Their fragrance was agreeable and powerful, and their appearance both, appearance both varied and elegant the tree of knowledge also was there of which if anyone eats he becomes endowed with great wisdom it was like a species of the tamarind tree bearing fruit which resembled grapes extremely fine fine and its fragrance fragrance extended to a considerable distance i exclaimed how beautiful is this tree and how delightful in it is its appearance then holy Raphael, an angel who was with me, answered and said, This is the tree of knowledge, of which your ancient father and your aged mother ate, who were before you, and who, ob- obtaining knowledge, their eyes open, being open, and knowing themselves to be naked, were expelled from the garden. So that's the reason why I stopped on this tree, because this passage states where the garden, the the um, Garden of Eden was because the tree of knowledge of good and evil was in the Garden of Eden, right? And it says it's by the Red Sea. So that is a hint, okay? And maybe this book of Enoch was shut up because, I don't know, God didn't want us to know where the Garden of Eden was. Personally, I don't believe it's on heaven anymore. I believe it was taken up um to heaven before the flood that's just my opinion i just don't see why god would allow it to be destroyed when it was a perfect place and the reason uh, and and 
he shut Eve, Adam and Eve out. And I do believe he shut Adam and Eve out because also the tree of life is in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says the wages of sin are death. So if you sin and you eat the tree of life, then you're an immortal sinner at this point, right? So if the wages of sin are are death, you cannot eat of the tree of life. So that's my opinion as to why they were shut out of the Garden of Eden. But again, because I believe it it was a perfect place, I don't see how it was still on earth when the flood came. So that's just my opinion. And I would also like to say that he described the tree as this. It was like a species of the tamarind tree bearing fruit which resembled grapes. Not an apple. I don't know where people got apple from because the Bible just says fruit. And I don't know, maybe it was Hollywood who said it was an apple, but he describes the fruit as resembling grapes. So there you have it. The fruit that Adam or that Eve ate from the tree of knowledge was not an apple. It was a fruit resembling grapes. Booyah. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Okay, so we're at chapter 32. From there, I went on towards the extremities of the earth where I saw large beasts different from each other and birds various in their countenances and forms, as well as with notes of different sounds. To the east of these beasts, I perceived the extremities of the earth where heaven ceased. The gates of heaven stood open and I beheld the celestial stars come forth. Wow. I numbered them as they proceeded out of the gate and wrote them all down as they came out one by one according to their number. I wrote down their names altogether, their times and their seasons, as the angel Uriel, who was with me, pointed them out to me. Now, I think this is so dope because back then, before the flood, their minds were more open to God. I, and this is how I believe. They were more open to God and more open to angels. And they actually got to see the gate of heaven, right? That's crazy to me because our minds are closed. We are down here living with the prince of this world who is the deceiver and wants us to die for our own sins. He doesn't want to die for our sins. So he is deceiving us at every turn to get us to be our own Eve in our own life so that we can, he doesn't have to burn for our sins, right? So the gates of heaven are not, are not I'm not saying they're not open because they might still be open the same way he's describing them here. We just don't have eyes to see. That's so deep to me. You know what I mean? Like um, when you read the story of Jacob and how he tussled, you know, and how they he described the ladder from God um, from earth to heaven and what's so crazy is that he saw that in a dream because the flood had already came so I, I think with the flood he shut our eyes to heaven and that's it's so sad but I think before the flood our eyes were open to heaven because at, at that time you know people still walked past the garden of Eden they saw the angels protecting the Garden of Eden that you could not come in. 
So I feel that, yes, their minds were, I, I, and I, I definitely believe that they used more than the 10% that scientists say that we use. Can you imagine if they used, I mean, they had to have used way more of their mind to be able to build, and this is after the flood, a tower to heaven or do all the things that they did. I I really believe what Solomon says in, is it Ecclesiastes or, I don't think it's Ecclesiastes. No, not Lamentations. I think Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. I forget the book of the Bible. I don't think it's Ecclesiastes. But where he says there's nothing new under the sun. So whatever we're doing today, it's been done. I do believe that those people are so advanced. And the first years of Earth's, the first thousands, what, 2,000 years of Earth's history, that they far exceeded what we're done right now. Because this stuff isn't new. We're just slowly getting hip to what they got hip to faster. So I think that all of this stuff existed back then. People think, oh, it was, you know, um, they were out here clubbing people. and I don't think so. I don't think so. Because in this book of Enoch, he talks about the uh, watchers giving all of this technology information to them. We got it from somewhere. It didn't just come into someone's mind one day. No, we got it from somewhere. I I don't and this is this is my point about the powers that be in this world. They have deceived us to make us believe these falsehoods. And I there's no way you can make me to believe that if these watchers gave them all of this technology information back then that they're world was not far advanced than what ours is even right now because they had that information then right and the information we have now especially this ai technology you cannot make me believe that this is anything new you can't make me believe it i definitely believe that this is technology that was given way back in the antediluvian world. I do believe that. And the antediluvian world is the world before the flood. So I don't believe that anything that we're we're seeing, television, cars, planes, I, I believe this stuff had already existed. And not only do I believe it already existed, but I believe that there is something that... I believe... Oh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to sound crazy... But if you just look at some of the the structures that have been built around this world, like there's no way you can tell me that the people who, you know, a thousand years ago who built Notre Dame, built that with, you know, a rock or what, what do you call it? The chisel. Do you see how that thing is built? There's no way you can tell me that. Even if you just do a couple Google searches at some of these old buildings from the 11th century and 12th century when you know they barely rode around in wagons with with horses you know you cannot tell me that the person who's riding around or walking wherever they have to go built this structure 
You're not going to make me believe that. Because if you built this structure, you could damn well build something to ride around in. So I, I just don't. How are you lugging the stone? <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So it's just so much stuff coming now that I'm just like, oh my gosh, we were lied to. What like what is true? I was literally just praying about that today. Like, I don't even know what is true anymore. And I believe that scripture in the Bible that tells us that in the end, it is possible for the very elect to be deceived because we have been deceived. I don't know what is true anymore. I I don't believe the things that, that have been told to us. I don't believe... Listen... I don't want you guys to to call the people with the white coats on me. (laughs) So I should probably just stuff it back down. But there are just many things that have been told to us by quote unquote scientists that say that this is one way and I do not believe it. I just don't believe it. And while I'm going down this rabbit hole, let me just go and go further down the rabbit hole. I don't believe in outer space. I do not. I'm sorry I don't. The Bible says that he that he built this or this world under a firmament. He told, tells us that in Genesis. I don't believe that we have breached earth's atmosphere because we live under a firmament. There's no getting out. <laughs> so, I don't believe in outer space. Not in in saying that there is no outer space. I don't know if there is or not because I don't believe we've ever been out of space. I mean, out of the Earth's atmosphere. The sun is not 200 miles away. It is in Earth's atmosphere. Same as the moon. I don't believe that the moon is, that they've ever landed on the moon. Come on. If they had ever landed on the moon, why haven't we been back when we can have every eye to see it because we live in a in a in a in a a, um world of digital and photographs and and video why can't we see it why can't you point your camera from the international space station down to earth so we can see the shape of earth because it is not shaped like a ball earth is flat okay that's all i'm gonna say Because if I go too far, you're going to be stoning me. So I'm going to just let it be like that. Okay, back to reading. Verse 3. He showed them all to me and wrote down an account of them. He also wrote down for me their names, their regulations, and their operations. Remember, he's talking about the angels that are coming out of the gates of heaven. Chapter Chapter 33. From there I advanced on towards the north to the extremities of the earth. And there I saw a great glorious wonder at the extremities of the whole earth. I saw their heavenly gates opening into heaven, three of them distinctly separated. The northern winds proceeded from them blowing cold, hail, frost, snow, dew, and rain. From one of the gates they blew mildly, but when they blew from the two other gates, it was with violence and force. They blew over the earth strongly. Chapter 34, from there I went to the extremities of the world westwards, where I perceived three gates open as I had seen in the north. 
the gates and passages through them being of equal magnitude. Chapter 35. Then I proceeded to the extremities of the earth, southwards, where I saw three gates open to the south, from which issued dew, rain, and wind. From there I went to the extremities of heaven, eastwards, where I saw three heavenly gates open to the east, which had smaller gates within them. Through each of these small gates, the stars of heaven passed on and proceeded towards the west by a path which was seen by them and that at every period of their appearance. When I beheld them, I blessed every time in which they appeared. I blessed the Lord of glory who had made those great and splendid signs that they might display the magnificence of this works to angels and to the souls of men and that these might glorify all his works and operations, might see the effect of his power, might glorify the great labor of his hands and bless him forever. Chapter 36. And from thence I went to the south, to the ends of the earth, and saw there three open portals, two of the heaven, and thence there came dew, rain, and wind. And from thence I went to the east, to the ends of the heaven, and saw here the three eastern portals of heaven open, and small portals portals above them. Now, you notice that he went from seeing gates to portals. So I just wanted to point that out. I don't know if he's going to expound on these portals, but I did want you guys to see the shift that he went around the world, north, south, east, and west, and saw three gates each. Now he's going back around, and now he's seeing portals. So I just wanted you to see that. Through each of these small portals pass the stars of heaven and run their course to the west on the path which is shown to them. And as often as I saw, I blessed always the Lord of glory, and I continue to bless the Lord of glory, who had wrought great and glorious wonders to show the greatness of his works to the angels and to spirits and to men, that they might praise his work in all his creation, that they might see the work of his might and praise the great work of his hands and bless him forever. Okay, so now, as you can see, he says... What came out of the portals were the stars, the luminaries. And they run their course through these portals. And as often as he saw them, he blessed the Lord. And it says to show the greatness of his work to the angels and to the spirits and to men. He There is a dis- distinction between spirits and men. So this right here... As a person who was raised to believe that I don't believe in ghosts, I don't, but I have recently believed, started believing that even though the Bible tells us that the spirit goes back to God who gave it, that is true. And what this is, is telling us truth as well, that the spirits are there. They're up there. Is that crazy to you? Because it's crazy to me. Does that mean all spirits? Even the evil spirits? And I say evil because of, you know, I believe that, you know, there will be some people, a lot of people going to hell, burning. It will be. And to me, those are evil spirits. So are they there too? So, I mean, it's just, I just have questions. (laughs) If you have a podcast, do not record after you eat because it has been, I keep having to pause. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is the end of the first part about the Watchers. Um, that was the, it ended in chapter 36. So we're going to start chapter 37, but not on this episode. I know it's only 30 minutes, which is why I'm going to go straight to the next episode. But the reason why is because I want to start the new section with a new podcast, I mean, a new episode. So stay tuned for the next section um, the next episode. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I so appreciate you. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have such a blessed and awesome day today. Also, don't forget to tune in to, um, I, I don't want to say this is a part two, but it will start the next section so don't forget to tune in these episodes are going to be available on thursdays thank you for listening to another episode of talks with the gratitude chick i am your host luanza christina aka the gratitude chick don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and give it five stars If you have not already, get your copy of my book, 21 Days of Thankfulness, available now on Amazon.